Jordi Mueller and welcome to Between the Head and the Heart, a podcast by Lexington Wealth Management. And continuing our series of COVID-19, where we are interviewing influencers uh, in our network, business owners, entrepreneurs, COIs that we consider um, play a very important leadership role in our industry and within our friends. Uh, We thought that we needed to interview Uh, Ryan Villanueva. Uh, Ryan is the current president of EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization here in Boston. Um, He's also the co-founder of Best Delegate, a company that focuses on model UN camps around the United States. And one of the specific reasons I wanted to chat with him was because uh, he went from having a company that was 100% or I don't want to say, well, close to 100%. Uh, based on a business model that required people to be face-to-face to suddenly uh, transition to be 100% online. And it's it's an amazing story of how you can pivot your business, staying positive through a moment of crisis. And Ryan gets extremely personal towards the middle, towards an end of the conversation. And uh, we really, really thank him for his time and candid approach to this uh, interview today. So without any further ado, here's our interview with Ryan Villanueva. Hey, Jordy. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Oh, man. Surviving. (laughs) Um, Surviving. Hey, that's all we can do. Well, uh, Ryan, thank you for taking the time this morning. Uh, It's... it's, To everybody, uh, we have to acknowledge, I guess, both of us, it's the morning of the SBA PPP application program opening, and everybody's a little crazy. Um, And I'm assuming you are as well, right? So uh, how is that going for you today? It has been an interesting morning, I will say. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all of my channels, right, over email, over WhatsApp, Slack, are blowing up with business owners, entrepreneurs, trying to make heads and tails uh, of the, the Paycheck Protection Program and all the different government programs. Yeah, and and I guess by definition, um, by having a lot of your uh, networks and friends and, and uh, business owners that you know asking and chatting and kind of like you said, blowing all these channels about this, I'm assuming they're all going through some rough times themselves. Yes, to say the least. <laughs> it's been rough for uh, nearly everyone I've spoken with and tested. I think a lot of our uh, you know, uh, leadership um, and business owners and the entrepreneurs that I know are pretty resilient. So, you know, they're going to make their way through this. Uh, a number of them have figured out how to pivot, how to uh, transform their business how to find the opportunity amidst crisis. Um, but all of us are also just making sure we have the you know, necessary things in place, particularly cash position, liquidity, to make sure that our businesses can um, survive the crisis. You mentioned a keyword there, and, uh, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically was that uh, for, for all those listening, uh, Ryan's business, uh, Best Delegate, um, 
I guess it's a Model UN campus uh, business, um, which definitely got affected by literally having people not being around each other. <laughs> like that, just the fact of like people not being able to congregate uh, almost, I don't want to say really puts your, the business model in jeopardy, but it, it, it make you be creative like overnight. And, and two weeks ago when I called Ryan or texted Ryan uh, to check how he was doing, um, yeah, the frustration that I heard in your voice was like, well, like our business, it's based on people being in front of each other. When I talked to you a week ago, you were like, we're 100% online, camps are going, Model UN is going. That was a fast pivot. And I wanted to ask you, tell me your thought process or, or what you just, if you remember, because it's still going on, what... What was that point of saying, I need to change now? Definitely. So two weeks ago seems like a long time now. <laughs> and we did have to make a fast pivot. Key thing is I have a business partner, Kevin. And when this crisis was starting to break, he and I needed to get on the same page first. And the way we sort of approached it was offense and defense. I'm playing defense. I'm trying to figure out how to control expenses, how to shore up uh, cash position and liquidity um, and forecast that out. He took the lead on offense and working with our team, uh, our full-time team and a team of college students that, um, that we would normally hire uh, for our summer programs, figured out how to transition our summer programs to an online version of that. Uh, we called Model UN Online Debates. And within a week, uh, Kevin and the team figured out how to do what we do in person, how to do it over Zoom. And we launched uh, a series of classes that are uh, two hours of debating via Zoom for three days a week on a different topic. And the first week's topic was the coronavirus pandemic. And we knew that this was um, fast, but there was also a need for it from all the parents that we, we know where they're at home, they're with their children, they're trying to figure out now how to homeschool, how to be educators while at the same time doing their jobs or running their businesses. And the kids are also in the middle of this situation, you know, trying to kind of understand it and also, you know, wanting to do something productive themselves. And especially the students who do Model UN, all the Model UN conferences have been canceled because of this situation. And a lot of students are really disappointed that they can't go to their last conference of their like high school career or that they can't organize the conference they've been spending months to plan. And so we saw this as a need and as an opportunity and if we could offer this online version so that students could, you know, have a set time to connect, right? That was a key thing was to be able to make it synchronous for them to meet so they could actually like hear from other students, from other children to find out how they're handling the situation, but then also have an opportunity to study this issue academically, to learn about how coronavirus is impacting different countries and to share that with one another, just like they would in Model UN through speeches, through negotiation, and writing resolutions on what the world should be doing to solve this crisis. 
And again, it's been the work of, uh, of my team and especially the college students that we work with. They're, they're leading each of those debates and they've done an incredible job facilitating that. And I'll say that um, for me, like I've been really happy to see that impact and to see our students have this opportunity and, and be able to debate and connect. Um, I'm particularly proud of uh, the college students that we work with because they've had to go home they've been kicked off campus and they've also lost their campus jobs. Many of whom were relying on that to like make tuition. And, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, because of this program and because of families like enrolling in this program, we're also able to create jobs for college students to lead these debates. Hmm. And so that's, you know, what we're trying to do to, you know, both pivot and survive as a business while at the same time continue to make an impact. And that impact is what's kept me going throughout this crisis. So uh, I want to ask, uh, in that tone and with that conversation in mind, um, I want to ask you something a little more personal, which is, have you found anything surprising about yourself in the last three weeks? So I know, Jordi, you and I have talked a lot about sustainability, social impact, the sustainable development goals. And one question that's come up for me throughout this crisis is like, why does this matter? Like, why should I care about this? Right. And I think about it for myself. I think about it for other business owners. Like I'm trying to make sure that my business stays afloat. Why should I care about social impact or sustainability? And what I've come to realize meditating on that question is that Impact matters more than ever. I believe that the SDGs, I believe that sustainability actually matters more than ever, especially when you consider that this crisis in part is due to things that were unsustainable, practices that we couldn't continue and countries, leaders that you know, weren't ready for something like this. And what's kept me going through this crisis is actually reminding myself, myself of the mission and of the impact. Uh, it keeps me going and it keeps me, you know, keeps my mind like above like the daily news reports of like how many cases have come out and how many deaths have come out and how countries are impacted about it. And, you know, instead of me thinking about like, you know, what do I need to do to keep the business afloat? I get to think about how do I continue to pursue my mission of bringing model UN and global citizenship to all students everywhere. And between my business partner and me, Kevin, we've known that we've needed to create online programs for a long time. But because we've been so focused on in-person programs, we haven't actually uh, you know, allocated enough capacity to develop the online programs. But when this crisis uh, happened, we now had no choice, right? We have to go into online programs. And so it's, it, it's both um, surprised me, but I'll say it's pleasantly surprised me. Because now we're full into online programs. And in fact, this is what we need to do in order to achieve our mission. Hmm. And that for me has been like this silver lining, like through all the, the clouds of this crisis. Uh, uh, I'm hearing that story uh, in different kind of uh, shades uh, from from many business owners in the last couple of weeks. And, and that's something that keeps me positive keeps me excited of what's coming. I 
I second what you just said. Um, it, there's a part of creativity that has come up in in everybody's, I guess, upfront right now. Uh, that has been there for a while, but it hasn't been brought up to the top. And and this has forced all of us to to kind of like have creativity and uh, and and reach an impact at the same level of purpose within our business. So so it's it's super interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, because you had to pivot fast because you are talking to a lot of uh, networks uh, from your own perspective now that you're two weeks uh, or three or weeks almost a month i guess now into this uh, different kind of lifestyle what would you say has been the most difficult decision you have had to make uh, <clears throat> definitely um, the hardest thing is is around the team and um um, needing to make uh, decisions around like layoffs and retention. Um, that week in particular was really, really tough uh, because you know it's, it's a team that you know we've been working together for a long time, um, and we're all dedicated to the mission. Like we all love Model UN and we love bringing it to all students. Um, at the same time, we need to do what's uh, what we need to ensure the business's continuity and survival. Again, coming back to like cash flow, like liquidity, just all those, you know, uh, financial metrics. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, needing to keep in mind the, the greater good, like what's right for the company. Um, and what's what we need to do to really continue the mission. And so, you know, all of that went into factoring in, like deciding, um, you know, layoffs and retention, and that was that was a pretty hard week. Yeah, uh, I cannot imagine, to be honest. Uh, that's something I uh, I see a lot of uh, of people around me having to make choices that they were not prepared to do at this point in time in their in the company's lives, right? And and that is pretty unique to the coronavirus situation, right? It just, it just has made business owners take decisions that mentally they were not ready to do and, and they have struggled, but, but, but yeah, you're right in the long term, um, we will see how this plays out. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about how you see the next year shaping up and, and I don't know if it's positive or negative, but I wanted to specifically talk about how you see businesses changing a little bit uh, from their core, uh, from the way they do uh, operations. Uh, can you start talking about that or is it too early in the process to talk about that? <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to take it like one day at a time, like one week at a time. Um, but I have been trying to think through the future, definitely through the summer, right? We're still <laughs> hoping for the summer. And at this point we're, um, you know, uh, uh, planning for the summer at the same time, preparing for the possibility that for the different universities, they may need to extend, right. Um, their policies through the summer, uh, and, and not resume classes until the fall. So we're, you know, preparing for both possibilities. Hmm. And as far as business as a whole, I think, I mean, just based on my current experience, right. Like a lot of us are trying to figure out online learning, online education, how to deliver our services online, um, and the thing that we're all relying on are 
uh, cloud-based platforms. So uh, my brother, as well as other business owners I know who work in hospitality and restaurants, uh, my brother's actually a restaurant consultant. Uh, his name's Kevin. And um, he's actually seeing um, restaurants that uh, were able to do like delivery before the crisis. Now they're like, you know, they would do both, you know, uh, in-store and delivery. Now they're obviously 100% delivery and they're doing just as well, if not better, um, than they were before, uh, at least the, the clients that he, that he works with. Hmm. Um, so those are like two, uh, my, my, my business partner, I call them seagulls, right? <laughs> Definitely a lot towards like online education, right? You're like looking out into the future and you just see the seagulls. It's like, you know, there's a lot going on with online learning. Uh, cloud-based platforms have already been vital, but they're going to be even more vital um, on top of like remote working, right? Everybody now is just learning to work from home and they're making that happen. Um, and then, you know, hospitality and restaurants, that's not my field of expertise, but uh, from what I can tell, it's like, yeah, if you're able to deliver, if you're able to sell online, like that's just going to be critical. And I think the kind of behaviors that consumers develop now during the crisis those behaviors, um, you know, I, I think will will continue uh, post crisis. So, I'd, I I agree with you, and and along that, what it brings to me, to be honest, Ryan, it's a little bit of the fear of lack of connection in the next year and the consequences of that, uh, and direct connection, you know, more. Um, uh, but that's like my own personal fear. Um, so, so I don't want to put that out there as a general fear. Uh, but I do wanted to ask you, and this is just to close, uh, the, the two last things, which is what is your biggest fear right now? And I want you to also start thinking about what's your biggest hope. <clears throat> um, you know, the one thing for me on a really personal level that's really unfortunate about this crisis um you know you know jordy you asked me to you know to kind of get personal um this is actually today uh is, is actually my grandmother's funeral um she passed away like last week um and so like when all this you know crisis was unfolding and we had to go into social distancing you know and i you know i found out about her passing and my family's in California. So I thought about for a moment, I thought about like flying home, but realized like it would be a public health risk that I, I would be a health risk to my own family if I, if I flew home. Um, and so, you know, I've had to kind of stay here in Massachusetts. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll need to, uh, I'll need to dial into the, the funeral over Facebook live. Um, that's how it's being broadcast to the rest of my, my family. Wow. And, um, you know, that, that for me has been like the most unfortunate thing. And, um, what you said about like not being able to connect, um, but I've, you know, accepted it. I know it's, you know, for the best, for the public and for my own family to maintain social distancing. Wow. And like, you know, because of that, like, I don't, um, to answer your questions, like, I don't feel afraid per se. I just kind of accept like, this is what it is and this is what we need to do in order to keep everyone safe. Right. And I'll still be able to like, you know, connect with my family, like through this experience and, you know, I've just come to accept it. Um, and you know, my, my hope, right. 
is that, you know, in crisis, I think that's when we discover character. That's when we discover like the true test of leadership. And my, my, my hope is that, you know, as like a community and as a country and like a global community, right. That we'll be able to like stick it through and like work together, like through this crisis, it's going to be tough for everybody. But from what I've seen so far, like people have been able to like work together. Leaders have been able to lead, at least within the communities I'm a part of, um, and be there for each other. And my hope is that this crisis as difficult as it, as it has been and as difficult as it's going to be, that it still brings out the best in like in us as, as individuals, in our teams and in our companies. And I hope in our communities that it really brings the best in, in all of us and that we come out of the crisis stronger than ever. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. Um, I obviously didn't know. And then uh, I, I, that's really hard. Uh, so to send in you like, my thoughts and, and good vibes to you um, and to your family. And uh, again, if you need anything, uh, I'm here a few blocks away. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I appreciate keep, that. I'll keep six feet uh, away from you, but uh, I can still get closer, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, but thank you. And, um, I'll let you get back to your extremely busy day. And, uh, I, I really, really, really appreciate your time. And most importantly, just being yourself. Uh, I think after hearing you today, I feel a lot better about the future. Cool. Thank you, Jordy. Thank you for doing this podcast and reaching out uh, to all the different business owners and entrepreneurs in the community. And just really appreciate you being there for, for me and, and for all of us. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. All right. Right. We wanted to say thank you to Ryan again for his time today. Uh, that was a very tough conversation to have, and uh, we really appreciate his his uh, support, not just for this podcast, but his support for his business, uh, for the organizations that he's part of, and the leadership role, the leadership role that he's currently playing. Um, we wanted to ask you to share this podcast with whoever you think might find it useful. We are doing this to try to share a little bit of the information and knowledge that some of these business owners and influencers are having in our communities. So that's our ask. Share it, like the subscribe. And until next time, my name is Jordi Mueller, and this was Between the Head and the Heart, a podcast by Lexington Wealth Management. group of investment professionals registered by Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered independent investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or or the investment opportunities referred herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not guaranteed. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as a general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lexington Wealth Management and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representation or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data 
on other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as a date of reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Lexington Well Management and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.